welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Also, hello there. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hi, I'm the third host here. My name is Nick Gambarian. And we're joined by a special guest. We're so good at having guests now. It's such a professional setting. <laughs> it's Lacey Gillerin. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Hi, Lacey. Lacey is, I think, best known, yeah, for the Resistance broadcast. I am. Do you each call yourselves hosts, or do you sort of feel more like there is a host in your co-hosts? I think we're all equally co-hosts. We do other shows where there will be one person that's more of a host, but like the main show, TRB, it's a three-person show. I like that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, we live in an equal hosting world as well. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't even jump me in or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to jump you in via quarantine casting. Yeah, so. we would cyberbully yeah. you into the gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Let's get on that. So hashtag kick Nick's ass trending on Twitter. <laughs> so the point of recording this now, aside from the fact that we would love to have you on this podcast whenever, is that Monday, May 25th, is Make Solo 2 Happen Day. Yes, that's it. Make Solo 2 Happen, for anyone who's not familiar, is a few different social media accounts and a hashtag that's sort of a campaign to, as you would suspect, Make Solo 2 Happen. And you guys kind of got this started about a year ago. Tell the people about it. Yeah. The September after Solo came out, when the DVD Blu-ray home release was coming out, John Hoey, who's one of the hosts on TRB, actually came up with the whole idea. And he had said to James and I that, you know, he really loved Solo. We all did. He's like, let's do like kind of a little fan campaign about how we love Solo. And he came up with hashtag make Solo 2 happen. And he asked James to kind of take the Solo logo and make it what it is where you guys see it everywhere. And it started like then in September. So John started tweeting about it. And then slowly but surely, more and more people kind of jumped on and were like, you know what? I actually really love that movie too. I, I didn't know other people enjoyed it as much as I did because there was just a lot of negativity surrounding that movie for many different reasons that yeah. we're not going to get into. <laughs> so then that spring, we were talking about how we were coming up on the release of the movie and I had said, hey, why don't we just like pick a day where we tweet about it and just talk about why we love Solo and just make it a fun thing that, you know, nothing's really going on right now. So let's let's talk about it. So we picked, I believe, May 23rd. Yep. So it came out on the 25th, but the 25th fell on like a Saturday. So we were like, well, we don't want to force people to be tweeting on a Saturday. They have other activities. It's May. So we decided to go with the Thursday because we figured people would still be at work and at school and just going about their daily life. We honestly thought it was going to be like 20 people talking about it. <laughs> and I remember days leading up. We were all just like, man, if like we get like a hundred tweets, it's going to be a great day. And then when we woke up that morning and I was going to work, we got a text from James from TRB and he was like, guys, it's already trending and it's at 8,000 tweets. Wow. And this was at like 7, oh, yeah. 8 a.m. And I was like putting makeup on and getting ready for work. And I was like, wait, what? So I like went on my phone and there it was because people in Europe and international were already talking about it because they were up due to the time difference. So then as the day progressed, it just went even more and more crazy and a ton of people got involved and it was insane. We didn't know it was going to be that big of a thing, but I think it's because it was a combination of people really loved it. And then also it was a fan movement that was super, super positive and, and talking about good things with Star Wars, which 
sometimes can get overshadowed by the negativity a lot in, in fandom. Out here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was spring after The Last Jedi came out where everybody was half and half with it. And this was something that everybody kind of was like, you know what? That is a great movie. And this is why I like it. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. That's really the approach we took on the episode of our podcast where we covered Solo was, you know what? It's actually a really good movie. You know, it was like, yeah. it was like that, that was the whole point of, of covering the film. It was less to even specifically like break down and review the film. I think the motivation was more to be like, what's wrong with everyone? <laughs> like, and even if you don't think it's a phenomenal movie, it's a really fun movie and it's very Star Wars and it's centered around one of the favorite characters. Why all the hate, you know? Yeah. Well, and as we talked about too, like how much cool stuff we found that just expands and broadens the Star Wars universe as a whole in that one two-hour film is like, it's an overwhelming amount of stuff. And why is no one talking about that? Right. Why are we only talking about the things that are wrong with it instead of anyone at all talking about all the things that were amazing about it? Not even that. Why are we only talking about his box office? Right. Yeah. My reaction to Solo was I loved it. I saw it so many times in the theater. Yeah. I bought it immediately when it came out. I loved everything about it. And when I talk to people, their response, the people that are against it are usually like, oh, well, it didn't make money. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you work for Disney now? Like you <laughs> get money from them? Because I, I don't know what shifted in fandom in general of, oh, well, the box office validates my personal opinion. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. like, there are so many things that play into the box office. Two weeks ahead of that, Avengers came out. The week before, Deadpool. What did you expect going up against such very pop culture general things and a lot of people budget and pick and choose what movies they're going to see. And you think that someone that's an Avengers fan is like, you know what? I can go to one movie this month. This is the movie I'm going to. Yeah. Not only that, it's Memorial Day weekend. Maybe people are just out and about and living their life. There's so many things that went into it and it had terrible marketing. Like all they did was like buy a Denny's campaign for some reason. Yeah. Like that was the only <laughs> thing they rolled with. And I was like, all right. I strongly believe, and I know that some of the creators had said this as well. It would have been a different scenario if it came out in December, like every other Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, totally. And you have to think yeah. they've learned that to say that this type of campaign actually gets the ball rolling and a film is going to get made that they learned from those mistakes. Right. I've been saying this from the beginning that I think the negative press and the negative fan reaction for whatever reasons they were, were so vocal and so visible. There was so much negative stuff that was visible yeah. about Solo that if you went and made the second film, it's going to do amazing just based on that because that's the culture we live in. People are going to be like, well, the first one sucked, so I, I'm going to go I'm gonna go see it because right. I'm going to go see what they did with it. I want, I want to see if they made it better. Yeah, yeah. or just to, I'm going to go validate my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of the, any press is good press is yeah. kind of what I'm— Right. It's definitely just like a, a, in general, the you guys being shocked that the hashtag and the campaign like started so well. It's such a good, refreshing thing in Star Wars fandom that like— the positivity train actually leaves the station because the, the negativity <laughs> train's on its like 900th stop at this point. So I think with your <laughs> podcast, what we're trying to do here, if the internet could clearly be used for bad, which people mostly do, they're just negative, then why can't it be used for positive too? Mm -hmm. And people need that community. And that's what's drawn me in specifically the last couple of years, just to Star Wars in general is like, man, going to Celebration was one of the best things I've ever done because I'm like, oh, there's however many tens of thousands of people here who love it. You know, of course, there's some dweebs who are wearing like fire Kathleen Kennedy shirts, but 
whatever. They're losers. Why would you even spend <laughs> money like, on that? The shirt or the ticket? Guess how old they <laughs> yeah. were, too. They were like 50-year-old people, you know? Like, it's like, get over it, dude. Like, grow up. You are literally 50-something years old. Grow they up. They could buy an action figure with that money. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Two. But yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do here. I mean, obviously, we like how I think this movie is super nerdy, and I love it, and I want more of that. It's actually more of what we need in Star Wars, yet the world we live in, like the vocal minority kind of derailed this a little bit. I mean, I don't care about box office. I'll leave that up Disney, but that's not going to affect what I think about the movie. Right. And I think one thing that the movie suffered from was I think people were afraid to admit that they liked it because yeah. people don't know what they should like about Star Wars sometimes. If they themselves are like on the fence about like, they're just a casual Star Wars fan and then they see other people freaking out about it. They're like, well, I don't want to dip my toe in that. So I don't know what I should feel or I did like it. Does that make me wrong? We saw a lot of that on the day. A lot of people yeah. tweeting, oh, I didn't know people liked this movie. I loved this movie, but all I saw yeah. was negative stuff. So I just didn't want to get involved. Yeah. yeah, totally. We saw a ton of that. We see it all the time. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The yeah. term viral is so actually very descriptive. Mm -hmm. We think Mm -hmm. of it just in the sense of something spreading quickly, positive or negative, but the negative connotation is so spot on in cases like this. For exactly what you're saying, Nick, like people who are maybe afraid to say they like it because they're insecure about the legitimacy of their opinion or how sophisticated they are as a film viewer. They're like, oh, am I stupid because I like this? I'm just going to find problems with it to agree with everyone and just go down that negative viral path. Yeah. And it just creates a feedback loop. All of it to say, too, that there's it's not that there aren't things wrong with the film, but it didn't ruin the film for me because the film overall is my term I use a lot on the show. It's Star Wars porn. It's incredible. It's like, <laughs> give me more of it. I mean, I, you know, just all of the stormtroopers and Chewbacca and droids and the spice mines of Kessel, it's just all epic and it's all amazing to see come to life on screen. And I just don't, understand why everyone has to voice only the things they don't like about stuff all the time everywhere we once did a episode of trb where we talked about like what's one scene that you'd show people that have never seen star wars to get them into it and one of my choices was han solo flying through the maelstrom with tie fighters where he's like yeah. flipping the millennium falcon over and hitting the other one and then there's a monster and then they're trying to get away from the mon- like that is prime Star Wars right there where he's yeah. like, I don't know if this is going to work and someone died, but I'm going to try it. And you're like, <laughs> what? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just pure fun. I had a huge smile on my face when I watched it the first time. And I still just thinking about it like makes me smile so big. You just describing it just gave me chills because I'm thinking about the music. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I just got goosebumps. I'm like, everything is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Chewie, he's like, you yeah. look yeah. great. Yeah. No, I love it. I love that you just get to see the Millennium Falcon like in its glory. In, in yes. that scene and so many scenes in the film, but we've heard about it. We've seen it do cool stuff in the original trilogy, but this was like, okay, this is the ship that made the castle run in 12 parsecs. Like this is it. And we're seeing how and why and what an epic piece of machinery it is and why it's so. And then they destroy it. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then it gets beat to <laughs> shit. But, but yeah, what, a, what, a, what an amazing sequence of Star Wars porn, as I call it. Yeah, man. Just get so frustrated. <laughs> there, there are just so many things. I, But at the same time, I understand because expectations are so high and we do have so few, it seems like so few chances so far to get Star Wars right. But I think as we get more and more content, the pressure is kind of relieved to some degree. Mm -hmm. So we've got now a very successful Star Wars series on Disney Plus. We've got several films. So I feel like moving forward, the pressure will be taken off of 
the next Star Wars film to fully fulfill everything from your childhood that you need in your depressed 52-year-old state. And we can just have fun again. That would be cool. That's why I'm still hopeful for Solo 2 legitimately, not just as like a fun hypothetical fantasy future. It might happen because I think we will get to the point where Disney says, okay, it's time. We have the right director. We have the right story and the pressure's off. Skywalker stock is done and so on. It might happen. Maybe we already have the director. Maybe a movie has already been announced. No, we haven't got the details on. Maybe it's in the works. I would love Taika to do it. I think I'm he'd saying, be a perfect person to yeah. write and take on Han Solo. He would be great. Yeah, he's the one. Absolutely. But Lucasfilm knows about the campaign. Mm-hmm. I know people at work there, but then also we've just had a lot of run-ins and, and conversations online with these people. So at Celebration, before Make Solo 2 Happen Day, we had tweeted a photo. It was me, John, and James at celebration in our hotel room. We were like, you know what? We're wearing the shirts today. We all had make solo two happen. Like, let's take a picture and just like tweet it to Ron Howard, see what happens. So we tweeted it to uh, him and a couple people chimed in. Like John Kasdan replied, who's the writer who wrote it with Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. He replied to us and was like, Hey, if you see Rob, go tell him that you want this movie. And now that this is like early days guys of uh, make solo two happen. We were ecstatic. We were like, John Kasdan replied to our tweet. So this was like April. So then comes May. And when it started trending, um, more people started chiming in. So you have Matthew Wood, who does a lot of the sound stuff and the the sound effects. You had Brian Herring chime in, who does a lot of the puppetry. He does uh, BB-8 and the Porgs. The guy, Rob, who's the producer, said like, oh, I see fans are talking about this. And then John Kasdan puts up an image of three symbols and is like, there are more stories to tell. Like we, the crime syndicates, the stories are there. The war is there to be told. And we were like, we need this story. Like what is going on? (laughs) So then, you know, everyone's chiming in here and there. And then at the end of the day, I'm driving home from work and my phone starts going nuts. And so I'm pulling off the exit of the highway. I come to the stop sign and I'm like, you know, I shouldn't look at my phone while I'm driving, but I'm going to. So I look at it and it's because Ron Howard had retweeted our picture. Oh my God. From celebration. (laughs) So he had to go back looking for it and just retweeted it just with a smiley face. That's all he did. That's all he had to say. And I called John because he was the first person I had called recently. And we were just yelling at each other. We were like, oh my God, this happened. So it was just super fun. And more than anything, it was like, not even the attention of it. It was, oh my gosh, we could make this happen. Oh my gosh, we could get another Han Solo movie. And that's what we still are more excited for than anything else. And then in the the winter, December around Rise of Skywalker, James went out to the LA press conference and he was at a round table with Michelle Redjuan, who's now the VP of live production, senior VP of live production. And he was wearing his Make Solo 2 Happen hoodie that he wears uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. So he was very strategic. It was on purpose. <laughs> so he wore that there. And he goes through the, the whole thing. And you're only asked to, allowed to ask like one question. So he asked his questions, whatever. They're wrapping up. She's still kind of sitting next to him and getting up to leave. And he goes, hey, I, I don't want to stop you or like take up your time. But are you aware of this? Like, do you know of this campaign? Is this on your radar? Yeah. And she said, Absolutely it is. And then she took a picture of his sweatshirt and was like, can I take a picture of this? I need to send it to my friend. And he was like, yes, of course. So she took the picture. And then he sees her later, like looking at something in the, um, they had like an expo hall at the press conference with all the new items coming out. And he goes up to her and he's like, hey, did you get to send that picture to your friend? And she goes, yeah, I sent it to John Kasdan. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, that's so awesome. So 
it's like they know about it. They want to see it happen. I think we want to see it happen. And, you know, Ron Howard all the time is retweeting fans that are like, hey, I loved Solo, and he's retweeting them, and I think he did a lovely job. The thing that we're, we want more than anything else is to see this happen and to see this story continue because they set up so many awesome things in Solo, yeah. from Kira to Maul to the crime syndicates to potentially Jabba. Like, I want a Jabba puppet again. Yeah. Yeah. I want four dudes sweaty inside of a puppet. <laughs> I want it. I want yeah. it to happen. So, and you know that that brings in Boba Fett too. You know, like, yes. why, like, yes. come on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk a little bit specifically about all the tie-ins and all of the potential for a sequel or a series or whatever it's going to be. They, they just set up so many storylines, so many dots can be connected to the other not yet as fully connected parts of the universe as there could be. It's funny that a show or a movie about Han Solo could be the one that connects all the dots, mm. but it's there. I think Han Solo's character being the glue that kind of held the team together, it, there's I don't know how intentional that was with the how deliberate that was with the direction of the film and the writing, but right. there is that. Right. It's interesting that the film brings in and ties together so many different things from across the galaxy. Yeah, it's a when, good metaphor. If you look at the original trio of them, Han's role was kind of being, to put it like I just he was he was sort of the glue that kept them together, you know. Mm-hmm. Even um, though he was trying to bail the whole so, time, he still managed to be the glue. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what's <laughs> great. That's what's great. So Yeah. Definitely. So, Lacey, what are some of your favorite, whether they're Easter eggs or just like right out in the open bits that tie it in or that you see the most potential moving forward if we do get more content? I haven't mentioned this yet, but my hope is for a series. I think that there's way more things to do in a series, like the Mandalorian type series. You yeah. can get more adventures and more storylines in than a movie. Because I know a lot of people often are like, oh, we, you know, a movie's great, but what about a series? I'm like, no, we want either or. Like, we don't, we don't criticize. Either or is fine. I would love to see Han and Chewie go on more adventures, like I said, to see Jabba. I definitely want more of Emphis Nest. Yeah. I think she is such a good character. And the potential of her working with the Rebellion and then... Bringing you know, back Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, yeah. And then it leads into kind of possibly a cast, the Cassian series. Like, there's so many different, like, interlacing storylines. And then the whole Maul thing. Like, I'd love to see Ray Park back as Maul again. Yeah. I think he's awesome. I think that moment is definitely a moment that I was like, yes. Like, this <laughs> is getting serious. And I think it would be a really fun, cool crime syndicate underground Star Wars show. Like, we've already seen The Mandalorian. We get a hint of that. Like, let's get more into the stuff we've always loved. I love Return of the Jedi. And the first 10, 20 minutes of that movie with Jabba's Palace is my favorite part of the whole movie. So, like, I would love to see more of that. Yeah. To tie that into Solo and Solo 2, the main thing I left the theater excited to see because in my mind i'm watching the movie going this is a trilogy or this is you know right for sure yeah. they're teeing it up Huge. you don't drop maul and his cyborg legs on us and it's not <laughs> going to carry on into a, a, a trilogy or at least a sequel and the main thing i left the theater wanting was the job that put han in debt 
to Jabba. Yep. Yeah. To me, that's the sequel film. Mm-hmm. Or if we're lucky enough to have a trilogy, maybe that's like the third film so that it ends kind of like here we go into Han and Moss Eisley owing the money. But nonetheless, if you only got one more film out of it, that's the storyline that personally I want to see. Even even more as, as amazing as the mall reveal was, I'm sure there's still a way to tie Crimson Dawn into the Hut cartel in the film and have them working together. Or maybe Han's job is working for Jabba than the Hut cartel against Crimson Dawn kind of thing. You know, something like that is, is the storyline. Kasdan's, if you need a guy, I'm, you know where to find me. I'm here. But that's what I left the theater wanting to see. Larry's getting tired anyway. Jonathan, he needs help. <laughs> so, I mean, and I agree with you too. Return of the Jedi, like I love that whole sequence, the Jabba's pal. I mean, it's just, that's like, a childhood memory of just pure Prime joy. Star you know? Wars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like I'll go on record and say Return of Jedi is my favorite for sure. <laughs> oh, nice. Watch out. Those be fighting words sometimes. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought of another sweet scenario. What if somehow on that like Jabba run that Han is on, like Boba Fett and Han are on the same side technically at first and then yes. there's some yeah. backstabbing. How sick would that be? You know, like it's bounty hunter and scoundrel and somebody backstabs somebody, whatever. But what if like the first half of a movie or something, they're actually both working for Jabba? Because we know that he knows him. Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah. We know. So, and like at some point their paths have crossed prior. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just think about the way the bounty hunter world works. That whole like criminals code kind of vibe. That trope that we see in all kinds of movies, it's about business. Like, oh, we're going to do this deal. I'm not going to shoot you right now because we're doing this gig together, whatever. You see a little bit of that in The Mandalorian. Was it episode five five or six? I want to say, right? Right. Yeah. Like, these people don't like each other. They're just, they're making money together. They're doing crime together. So Han could very well be in a crew with someone who tries to kill him later. Yeah. That stuff's so sweet to me. Those dynamics are just great stories. We're going to get hired as writers soon. <laughs> we have way too many good ideas. You have to think he's going to meet up with Lando again, too, because yeah. they have a yeah, whole relationship, sure. and they've explored some of it in books like Last Shot. But, I mean, there's so many more things that, like, it would be funny if they keep having scenarios where Han kind of gets one over on Lando every time. Yeah. So then yeah. when you finally meet up and Empire Strikes Back, you're like, oh, that's why he says things like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or does the Falcon, does it change hands a couple more times? Mm. There's no reason to think it just switched at that point and that was it. I mean, granted, Lando, he's heartbroken because it looks like a total piece of shit now, but maybe he gets (laughs) it back for a little while. Or at the very least, you know, Han gets into a bucket of syrup and Lando has to come get him out, you know, so he gets to pilot the Falcon. And at the end of said adventure, Han's like, give me the keys, bro. It's mine still. (laughs) You know, thanks for the bailout, but I'm driving home. Right. I have thoughts about Kira and Darth Maul and so on, but a couple more things just on Han and Chewie and the whole thing. It would make sense that they would have maybe some more run-ins with some Wookiees or just like, I, I guess like just the aftermath of the empire coming up order 66, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's about space pirates and stuff, but we know now, especially from the Mandalorian seeing the reaction to the end of solo and rogue one, that as much as everyone talks about, Oh, I just want a space cowboy thing. I just want this. Can we just get a star Wars something without lightsabers? It's bullshit. We all want the force in every Star Wars everything. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no reason to think that we wouldn't find some Jedi that are stragglers that are in hiding or just lots of stuff that's bigger than just this one story about these couple characters. Right. And and as it is right now, there's what, Kanan, Ahsoka, Cal, like, I mean, yeah. that's just three. I mean, obviously not a Jedi yet, but Baby Yoda, the child is <laughs> out yeah. there on top of whoever else they could pull out of the sky you know like i don't as long as it's done well i don't don't mind i think even if they didn't go that far 
the idea of Darth Maul and how he's gone rogue and he's still still a force user. He's still a force user. So whatever scenario we end up in in my film that I'm writing now in my head where Han is hired by the Hut cartel to take care of something Crimson Dawn related, maybe it's not a happy ending. Han Solo doesn't step into a new hope a happy-go-lucky guy. So yeah. however this ends, we, maybe we see Darth Maul kind of almost kill him or almost, but through some crazy Jedi dark side style forced scene where he's just like slashing fools with his lightsaber. Yeah. That'd be enough for me to feel like, okay, we got a solo film with some force in it. Yeah. That, that'd be enough for me. Right. And is there more kind of deeper, more psychological stuff to the line? And again, we're just like mining original content for stuff, but is there more to the line when Han says... In A New Hope, I've never seen anything that would convince me that there's one all-powerful force, blah, blah, blah. Him being that jaded, yeah, we saw a quick progression at the end. He shoots first. Like, we see him turn from the, I got a really good feeling about this, to the jaded, you know, Spice Runner type. But is there more to it? Is he fully aware, yet he's had bad experiences or enough that he becomes this pessimist? And it's like, yeah, you talk about the force, and I see that I know about this guy with the lightsaber and this and this, but it's all bullshit. When it comes down to it, it's a bunch of dumb luck either i got my blaster and i can make my way out of this or i'm gonna end up hanging somewhere yeah does kira betray him through something you know involved with maul and crimson dawn or does kira get killed right you know and and he feels responsible something like that yeah, where yeah. it's just deep character you stuff. know and and it could just be also good and evil not necessarily when, when he says one all-powerful force it's more like if the force is so powerful then how is darth maul even a thing Again, in our little story we're writing here on the podcast right now, <laughs> you know, how, how is this, these evil fools able to do what they do if there's just one all-powerful force controlling everything, you know? There's ways around yeah, it. Yeah, maybe it's more like he doesn't believe in destiny rather than he doesn't believe yeah, in Yeah, there's just so much there in that one out of all the directions they could go with this. Just the hut cartel debt he owes chapter of the story is so rich and so i think they did an amazing job in solo one since we're all confident solo two is going to happen here <laughs> of turning kind of you know the one storyline into having all these tentacles that reached out into all these other places in the in the galaxy so even if you were focusing on this main thing of how he got into debt to java think about all the infosness we talked about all you know saw Gerrera could come back the, the alliance is forming all around all this story at the, happening at the same time and they already did that in the first film so they could do it again in the second one. Yeah. I mean, Vader could show up. Yeah. Please. Like, yes. There's so many things that you could do. I mean, with proper editing, these all these things could be in the movie and Han could just not see it. He could not be in that scene. <laughs> yeah, he could right. be in another room. You right, know, like right. we could see that and get excited about it, but he never actually comes across it somehow. It's totally possible. Well, there's definitely more stories because at Celebration, they interviewed uh, Aaron Kellyman, who plays Emphis Nest on the Star Wars stage. And when they were interviewing her, she was like, yeah, when we were doing it, it was like the first of a series. Like she let it slip <laughs> and everyone was just like, huh? Yeah. And she was just like, I mean, what? So the stories are there. John Kasdan yeah. said that he has even the symbols of what the different syndicates are. He has the story. It's just like giving him the go. So I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. How's this for a Vader show up? So the job is Hut Cartel versus Crimson Dawn. Han's supposed to get some money or steal money from them or something. He's just about to make it. Empire shows up and we see a Vader Maul battle. <laughs> that would the two be of them go head to head cool. and then the job gets completely botched. Han can't get the money. Kira dies in the process. He shoots first. Dude, let's go. <laughs> Do we? Did anyone else get the impression that Kira is potentially force sensitive and not just well trained in martial arts by Dryden Voss? No, but what do you? I you could didn't convince think that, me. but she could. Yeah, she <laughs> could be. 
Do you think that there would be something to the idea that clearly Darth Maul has interest in her? I'm saying, you know, that's what I'm getting at. Kind of master Padawan style. You know, we're going to be working together more closely or whatever the line is in that scene. So he was technically a Sith Lord. I mean, he he's a Darth, you know, so you would think he would be able to to mine the galaxy the same way the Jedi do for force sensitive. Of course. People yeah. Taking an apprentice. Love that theory. I love that. Because that line alone, like you said, is really suggestive. It'd be one thing if he was just another crime lord, but he is a former Sith Lord dark side user. But he hates all that stuff. You know, he wants to be rogue. He wants to be like, I'm going to use all this dark side stuff like for my own advantage and and make money and be a crime lord. So to teach another force sensitive being like, no, 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 don't worry about the Jedi and the Sith and all that. We're going to use these powers to make that money on this whole scene, you know? Yeah. Even with this in that scene, when he says, come to me on Dothmir, when he lights up his lightsaber and they reverse to her and you see it in her eyes and they do that slow push, that alone is like telling you like, oh, there's something going on here. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know if we all- I got goosebumps again, man. It's so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you're um, a gamer at all, Lacey, but admittedly have been complete. I was powering through Fallen Order and have been completely sidetracked in quarantine by Call of Duty Warzone. I can't, I play every night with my friends, so I can't get back into Fallen Order, but Dothamir is the point. Yeah, Fallen Order takes a lot of attention to do, and I don't have that. Okay. So I play a lot of Battlefront because it's like, oh, I'm killing people. This is fun. Right, right. (laughs) And you don't only have to pay attention for like short periods of time, but right. like Fallen Order is like, no, you need to like learn moves and stuff. Yep, you do. So like I have it and I've played it for a good period of time, but I was like, I this is a lot. Did you make it to Dothamir? That was my question. No. Okay, I so that's revealed and they really <laughs> go in depth, obviously, and show you the world, show you the planet. And I think having that in the film would be come to me on, on Dothamir. That's so sick. That's all the one tiny thing in Solo 1 that they did so well. The way we talk about tying into Galaxy's Edge, tying into the video game. Mm-hmm. It, there's so much to be happy about in this film. Well, they could do like a total thing where he's working for Jabba and they have to go meet up with another syndicate to for negotiations and there's Kira. And he's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> Maybe we should just write it. Like you got your podcast, our pod. We get together. Right. There's <laughs> six writers on the show on it. We just, it is what it is. <laughs> I know you guys have uh, on TRB have expanded not just, you know, a movie, but a series. But honestly, with the way season seven of the Clone Wars looked, I would be fully happy for any animated series like Filoni or not. Like the animation at this point looks beautiful, where if we get a Enfys Nest series that for budgetary reasons has to be animated, I'll take it. It it looks good. And as long as it's, I want to say, like, I don't think Clone Wars is childish when it gets heavy. As long as it's, you know, adult friendly and, and also kid friendly, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't work as an animated series also. Yeah. I love the Galaxy of Adventure series. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. animated. I love it. I would love if they did a show like that. Yeah. That little series made me like Boba Fett because <laughs> they do this, like, really cool like him shooting stuff and fighting people. And, you know, in the original trilogy, he really doesn't do much. He falls into a pit and dies. Yeah. So Galaxy of Adventures, (laughs) they show him doing all this really cool stuff and taking people out. And you're like, oh, that's the Boba Fett everyone likes. That's the one I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. We could talk about this for literally hours, and I would love every second. (laughs) We're getting this script written tonight. (laughs) I mean, we're only a couple degrees of separation from some people who can make some things happen. That's true. We're getting there. Could (laughs) do it. All right. Let's do a little guest bit with you. We have a couple segments 
We have one called Test Bay 94, which we'll get to in a minute. But first... Oh, geez. <laughs> no, it's just fun stuff. No pop quizzes. Okay, good. <laughs> what is your first Star Wars memory? I don't know how old you are, so I don't know what your life has been like in Star Wars. I'm in my 30s. Okay. So my first Star Wars memory is I about first, second grade... I was at a grocery store, which is local to uh, the Northeast. I'm from Connecticut. It's called Stu Leonard's. It's like a milk and dairy grocery store. They have Mm -hmm. animatronics. It's really weird. But uh, they have them up here. And they used to have a movie section, which is now the floral section. And in the movie section, they had the three set VHS with the three VHS movies make Vader. And I went up to it and was like, what is this? And my dad was like, it's Star Wars. And I was like, I want it. And he was like, all right. And then that was it. That's awesome. That's where Star Wars started for me. And ever since then, I've just thoroughly loved it. And I have all these funny, like, old school, like, bios that you put in those little memory books that they're like, oh, Lacey was eight and liked pizza. And in every single one, it's like her favorite hero is Luke Skywalker and her favorite movie is Return of the Jedi. Oh, and she likes purple. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> what everyone's nice. like. So what year was that, the VHS moment? 97, 96, 97. Oh, word. So like the next few years, you were just like ecstatic and just high on life. Yeah. So I went to uh, the Phantom Menace with my dad in the movie theater. uh, And I remember I left and said, so where's Luke Skywalker? (laughs) So are we getting our money back or? (laughs) Yeah. like (laughs) No, I I really liked it. I liked the pod racing, everything. It was just a blast. I, the reason I latched on to Star Wars at an early age, I think is because I'm a middle child. So I liked the idea that here was a kid that was kind of in the middle of nowhere, didn't really have that belonging and was searching for adventure. And out of nowhere, he gets pulled into something that's way bigger than him and becomes the hero of his own story. And I loved that. And I used to pretend I'd go on missions for Leia and I was her daughter before (laughs) everything else, you know. So, yeah, no, I've always loved it. Yeah, man, nothing to me, nothing is as compelling as the hero's journey doesn't matter what genre it's in. It's just, it works. There's a reason that all of the most important stories in human history kind of follow that format. That works. It's amazing. I want to be Neo. I want to be Luke. I want right? to be Ray. Like Frodo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into Test Bay 94. <laughs> this is three things. Okay. Either ors, favorite things, would you rather. We have two would you rathers. I'm going to give you both because I think they're both awesome. Okay. Favorite planet in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, Coruscant. Nice. It's the coolest. I was really hoping it was going to show up in Rise of Skywalker, and it didn't. And then I heard it was going to, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain things I like about it's every. It's in that Trevero script. Yeah. Like, it's a big part of it. But yeah. I don't know if you listened to our little thing we did on that script, and we just, at the end of the day, we were like, it's cool, but it's so dark. And yes, depressing. absolutely. Mm. I'm thinking like prequels Coruscant, which is like. Fun, multiple layers. There's clubs yeah. and like yeah. fun stuff. That's it's like the, the Roaring Twenties in Manhattan. Yeah, it just right. gets some I'm not thinking and, uh, of like yeah. run down. People are living in hobo villages. <laughs> it's not course. I'm like, you know what? And I'm like, okay, no. I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, but no thanks. <laughs> Either or. Alien sidekick or droid sidekick? So it's funny. You guys kind of gave me a little heads up. And you were like, oh, if there was a heist. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that changes the scenario. <laughs> so if we're talking like real life, definitely droid. I want a BBA with me all the time. And Sweet. the reason is because everyone's going to go, well, why not R2-D2? Because he can't go up and down stairs. I'm and saying, BBA can. dude. Same. BBA can. So BBA can <laughs> Hold on. Up. Except for the fact that 
I guess he lost the ability or ran out of fuel. <laughs> Get out of here with your jetpack. So pre A New Hope, R2 could just be like, hold on, I'll be down in a second. You know what, though? <laughs> he does get down the stairs in Docking Bay 94, does get down to the Falcon inexplicably. Yeah, because they had a second one downstairs already. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Pretty feel I w- <laughs> In my head, though, it's way better to think of him just rolling up the stairs and just tumbling down yeah. and yeah. getting up. Like, okay, I'm yeah, back. No, so I would say if it's normal day-to-day life, I would want a BB-8 or a BB unit. No questions asked. If it's a heist, though, and there's chances that you could get shot at or have to fly something, then I would pick kind of like a Rio Durant or a Chewy or someone with strength that you'd want someone on your side to help you get out of those sticky situations. Cause I don't think a BB eight would necessarily help you, you know, yeah. as quickly. BB eight can't rip people's arms off when you're losing. Right. Or detach uh, like a train. Yeah. BB eight can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> you could get a badass IG unit with you though. Cause they're fast as hell. Ooh, I didn't even think about IGs. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably want a Chewy cause he's just like, he could like toss me. And you, you know? can snuggle with him and just... Yeah, yeah I was just going to say I would want to be the little spoon. <laughs> Pretty please. <laughs> yeah, what's Rio's, what's Rio's line about? A Wookiee's yeah, lap? Wookiee. Yeah. You'll never John sleep. John Favreau's Wookiee. <laughs> I just noticed that today, how he says it like that. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Would you say you'll never sleep as well as... Better pro- sleep. Okay, would you rather? The idea with would you rather is both options are either totally shitty, but you have to pick one, or kind <laughs> okay. of good, but with a shitty caveat. <laughs> Got it. The first... This will just be for fun. Would you rather have to try to teach Harvey Weinstein to become a Jedi oh or Mr. Rogers to become a Sith? <laughs> wow. I would say Mr. Rogers only because that would be the greatest character arc of all time. <laughs> him going That's from his cardigans right there. to uh, evil stuff. And Harvey Weinstein would probably like try to do crazy, dirty things. So I'd be like, nah, dog, no. get out of yeah. here. Yeah, I'm not interested in his redemption no. either. Whereas Mr. Rogers, you'd be like, no. Dude, Mr. Rogers seen putting on a black cardigan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Mr. Rogers' eyes oh, turn no. yellow. I want to. You're I'm, not I'm my down. neighbor anymore. <laughs> I'm making that meme today. All right. Bonus, would you rather? And this is real. Love a good Fully bonus. relevant to the episode. Thank you, Kurt, for this. Would you rather in Solo 2 only get five minutes of screen time for either Lando or Darth Maul? So the way I took this is you get, you're going to get both of them in it. Five minutes for Darth Maul because Lando and Han together is hilarious. And I like their relationship. So, okay. So you took it the same way. Like you get lots of time with the other, but only five. Yes. Okay, sweet. Do you want me to answer the other way too? You only get five minutes with one of them. It's up to you. You're the guest. (laughs) Well, if we're doing like one or the other, like you only get five minutes with one of those characters, I would have to say Maul because you need him to explain the story. Whereas Lando, you don't necessarily need him. He could be off doing whatever. Agreed. Agreed. Sweet. I like consensus. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Wraps it up nicely. All right. Well, like I said, we could talk for fucking hours. It's awesome to have had you here on the show. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, it was a great time. Before you go, though, any updates on latest things aside from Make Solo 2 Happen Day on the 25th? Yeah, so if you guys are interested in hearing more about Star Wars stuff from us, TRB can be found on YouTube and all the major podcast stuff, so like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. We're on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Lauren. We have our normal episodes Mondays and Thursdays. We do the uh, Mando fan show, which is right now we're just focusing on the docu-series for The Mandalorian, Disney Gallery, every Friday. Awesome. And then, of course, Make Solo 2 Happen Day, which is the 25th. We're so excited. We just want to celebrate the movie and how great it is. 
Is there anything that we or listeners should be doing on that date to help it trend? Anything specific? Yeah. All you have to do is just share why you love Solo with hashtag make Solo 2 happen. You can post pictures, favorite scenes, anything you like and love about Solo. That's all it's about. Just a positive celebration of the movie. Simple enough. We're going to post the Mr. Rogers meme. Please do. (laughs) Oh, God, I love that. (laughs) Well, thanks again for being here. If you're looking for our podcast, which you're now listening to, on Instagram, we are at ThankTheMakerPod. On Twitter, at ThankTheMaker1. Personally, I am at Adam the Skull on all the stuff. Hey, guys. uh, I'm Bill Key. You can find me everywhere, at William Ryan Key. I've never said this out loud, but in my head, I think the name Bill Key is really good (laughs) for a nickname for you. (laughs) My dad's name is Joseph Key, but he's always gone by Joe. So if you just say it, it's just yeah. Jokey. So Jokey. Jokey. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Bilky. But Bilky. Hey, guys, I'm Bilky. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a Star Wars name, too. When you get into cosplaying or there we go. the 501st, maybe. There we go. You could just be uh, Lieutenant Bilky. I'm going to go to Celebration in all of my super sick, all black Jedi, like Anakin, Revenge of the Sith style. Like, I'm going to look super hard, but my name's going to be Bilky. <laughs> Bilky Wan. <laughs> Bilky Wan. And I'm Nick at Nick Basad on Instagram, Twitter, and a bunch of you have been reaching out. And I love chatting with all you, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. I'm just here to uh, spread the positive Star Wars message with my buddies. I love Star Wars, and I've been doing this now for, what, a month, six weeks with you guys. And it's been a blast, and uh, we have a lot of awesome things on the horizon. So I feel like we're starting to do our job and get this positive Star Wars vibe going. Agreed, and I'm stoked to have... Lacey, you have you on the show. Adam and I started this little thing because we thought it would be fun and had no idea. And now to be like reaching out and connecting with more people in the community that take it seriously like we do and, and are trying to oh, promote. we're super serious. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> more people that cry over fantasy movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like people that are sharing this mission of injecting some much needed positivity into the fan base. And we love that you guys do that as well and stoked that you're oh, here. thanks. Yeah, it's all about giving attention to the good stuff, not the bad stuff. Because oftentimes the bad stuff is what seems like the loudest So our thing is like, no, that's not the case. Let's give some attention to the people that actually love it and care about it and want to have fun. Same. Yeah. You know, in theory, if the negativity is getting heard, then why can't the positive be heard too? So we just need to speak up. Sure, absolutely. Turn them back to the light. Yeah. If you want to get directly involved with us and what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com, become a patron of the podcast, submit questions, content ideas, participate in our AMAs. Anything else I'm missing? What else can you do there? I was going to say... Some news we can't break quite yet with a couple of the guests we have coming up on the show. You're going to want to get in on that Patreon because we may be able to send some advance notice just to you guys and get questions specifically for these guests. And you're going to want to do it. Trust me. Yes, trust. Our podcast is about to be all grozed up. Hella grown. (laughs) Again, Lacey, thanks for being here. Thanks, Lacey. Everyone, thanks for listening. And until next week, may the force be with you. 